If I cried on the beat, would you get the memo? If I literally bled over the instrumental? Would you feel my pain, relate to my story, revere my name? I'm ashamed myself it took this long. I don't need you to tell me what I did wrong. Don't talk about potential. High school at 12, I know about potential. One, two, one, two. This is a Guest in the House podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, David Tromdick Shanks. I'm your other co-host, Mickey Hess. Alrighty, and um, yeah. We mentioned on the previous podcast, uh, we got through another one. 2021 should be a wrap by the time you hear this podcast. We should be um, entering into 2022. Hopefully, we're all still here. Um, (laughs) Either way, you're going to hear this podcast. Hopefully, there's no weird music going on in the beginning and someone... Um, <laughs> let me not be morbid, but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about it, man. Uh, 2021, no lack 2021. of, um, no lack of, uh, interesting things, adventures. Um, we're still in a global pandemic. Um, and the world's still upside down. And the lines between 2020 and 2021 seem a little less clear than past years. You know, there's less yeah. of a, a cutoff, less of a definitely extension. 2020 part two. Yeah, for sure. See, we just named the podcast 2020, 2020 part two. Part two. There you go. <laughs> That's this episode 2020 yeah. part two. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll see what 2022 looks like. Maybe we'll just skip a year and 2022 will be its own new thing. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope for the better, too, because we don't want it to be its own thing and go worse. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in 2022? Not being in 2021. Sure. So you had a big move in 2021. I did. You got to be like looking forward to settle in a little more and- yeah like get your bearings you know feel like you're home yeah that's a um, while it does it does and that is definitely you know i'm still looking at boxes and so like you know i think a couple podcasts ago we were talking about me just like pulling my records out and Mm. kind of setting my tables back up and for a while i was just like potting from like this little like car table um you know in an empty room and you know i finally at least like set it up so the mic is like always set up you know what i mean i got like a little nice Nice. tablecloth on the car table and i got you know our little um sound reflector thing and shock absorbers and my ring light so you know i'm set up with my laptop it's I'm very professional up. yeah it looks like i can just come down and pod instead of having to like put an entire thing together every time we have a podcast so that you know just one step you know i got like hey. my workout equipment you know put together i come down and do my little routine and I picture it looking like the LL basement and the mama said knock you out. A little bit. A little bit. You head down there. You got the punching bag. You got the podcast set up. I do need a punching bag. But um, a little bit. A little bit. We're getting there. So, yeah, just trying to create some sense of normalcy has been um, weird because it's like the last, you know, say two years have just been like one adjustment after another i haven't really quite got my bearings about me yet so um yeah that is definitely something that i um am looking forward to in 2022 like settling (laughs) not settling for not settling for but but settling settling in in. exactly there you go go. yeah you don't want to settle for no no i'm trying not to trying not to so I will be back in the physical classroom for the first time Wow! in late yeah. January since this whole thing happened. I've, uh, I've taken more virtual classes than some professors have been able to. Right. I'm fortunate. I, I looked ahead. I really carefully laid out my schedule. 
Um, but no, I'll have I'll have one in person class with freshmen mm. starting late January. How do you feel about it? Is there some anxiety there? Or? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I kind of forgot how to talk to people. Right. <laughs> how to be around people. And uh, I mean, I, I've done this before. Yeah. What's that? Changing clothes? Yeah. Get up, take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Have a place you have to go. Instead right, so of just like rolling out of bed, go to the computer. Are you going to shave or are we keeping the beard? I mean, the beard's been there for a while. It was there pre-pandemic. Okay, cool. It gets, cool. Uh, you know, shorter or longer. Depending, right, but yeah, right, it'll be there. right, right, right. But yeah, you know, I've, when I've taken time off before, it's been kind of refreshing because professors, I think you end up, if you teach the same class like every year or sometimes every semester, it mm-hmm. becomes kind of rote. You know, you, you've sort of memorized a lot of the stuff you say. Right. And like it, it becomes more polished, but I think you lose like a little bit of the spontaneity. Right. And it, it can kind of feel like you're just giving a speech. It's a little scripted. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't remember what the hell I used to say. So it'll be all brand new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There'll be something good about that, I'm sure. Well, if nothing else, this podcast has given you some practice in just talking shit off the cuff. So that is true. <laughs> you might that be is true. In there and just <laughs> I should just go in out. and play the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, will, will you implement the podcast into a part of your? Is that a slick way to get listeners? Like make it man. Uh, <laughs> seems a little must. shady, right? <laughs> At least it's free. A lot of professors come in and require you to buy their book. Yeah. yeah I've never been cool with that. Yeah, it's a little shysty. I think for this one, I won't involve the podcast just because this is like a research writing class and I don't want them to really even think about where I stand on the issues. True. So true, much as like true. hash out yeah. evidence and uh, good yeah, arguments for themselves. They'll definitely know where you stand if they listen to this that's true yeah i imagine they won't be industrious enough to look it up on their own so. <laughs> freshman no <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> probably no. not yeah no no oh man i was going to ask like yeah. what what's something because it's been a while now right so yeah what's some probably like march 2020 like that spring semester was that the last time you yeah, that's when it all shifted to online. And it, it only yeah. really shifted back fully in person for uh, this fall, you know, this semester that's just ending right now. Right. But I still did my online But you classes. still did yours online, exactly. Yeah. What is something kind of pre-pandemic, either way, either something that you're going to, you think you're going to implement or something you're going to like leave alone with like, you know, Prior pre-pandemic, Professor Mickey has in classroom. <clears throat> What's something uh, a trade or just a, you know an aspect of in-person learning that you think you're going to you know try and you know I don't know make a little wrinkle to or whatever going back in like what's something that you have hmm. you thought about something like you know what I'm not going to do that or you know what <laughs> I'm going to do more of this. Hmm. That's a big question. Um, I mean, I think what I always notice, and I've I've taught online pretty frequently even before the pandemic. I was doing about half and half, and uh, okay. there's a lot of professors who hate teaching online or feel like it's going to lead to the decline of of education. But right, yeah, I don't think they're right. You know, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters. What, what, no, <laughs> they better get used to it. <laughs> exactly. There's there's no way around it. Things yeah. we'll always have in person classes, but we'll have more and more online. Certainly. And we may end up with a lot more hybrid classes where you meet here and there and then right. a lot of it's done online. And I do see like students who are really quiet in class in person will have a lot to say sometimes online. Hmm, more and that would have been me. Like I didn't talk much in class when I was in college or high school. Right. It always felt like the last thing in the world I wanted to do. Right, right. Like put hmm. on a little performance for the room, you know? That's interesting. I wonder how much of that is just, you know, right, just how comfortable they are. Yeah. You know, typing and FaceTiming and being, you know, behind screens and stuff. Like, 
And, you know, I know some of them kind of carry the class around in their pocket all day. You know, it'll, it'll be like two in the morning and somebody will be like, hey, I read this article when I was on the train. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right, like, oh, that's right, weird. Right. It's a little different than when you just go to class for an hour and a half. Twice right. A week. Right. They just, yeah, if you're, they're engaged, they're engaged all the time now. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's, that's... And like you get a little bored, you think, ah, oh, look back at my class. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's nothing on Instagram right now. Let's check out my class. Yeah, I, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. But I I I didn't want to cut your wisdom. I think you were you were getting somewhere. Oh, uh, I probably wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wasn't. I mean, <laughs> I know we all still got to wear masks on campus, and I'm totally on board with that. And you know, I already kind of dread having to tell students, "Hey, man, you got to pull your mask up over your nose. That's the rule." Wow. Uh, that seems like a whole new aspect of the job. I've already heard my colleagues complain about it. Yeah. That's I, I don't want to go in and have to be the mask police, but yeah, that's you got suck. to, right? That's got to suck. Yeah. And just like looking around the room, like getting back to eye contact in a room full of people, but you can't see people's like, facial not expressions. Actually, yeah, not yeah. just eye contact. Just right? eyes. Yeah. I. You know what? I don't know if you do this, right? I, um, I was in the supermarket. Uh, recently and i'm one of mm. those like i don't know i don't know i'm one of those like randomly smile at people kind of guys yeah. like you know what i mean <laughs> so if, like if i see like a you know like a, you know, a lady i'm um and maybe i don't know what that i don't want to get all deep but anyway i'm like a smile at people and i find myself smiling and i'm like i got a mask on yeah, nobody sees it. <laughs> like, so you just, people just, you're smiling at people and they're just looking at you blank faced and you're like, well, what's their problem? And then you realize they can't. Yeah, see. you're wearing out all those facial muscles for no yeah, reason. Like, they don't even know what's going on under this stupid mask. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so definitely. That, that'd be, that'll definitely be weird because you're in person, but it's not kind of personal. You're just kind of like talking to a bunch of masks with eyes. Yeah, and like I'll I'll be with freshmen, you know, they've never had a college experience that wasn't clouded by the pandemic. So yeah, that's yeah. gonna be a whole different thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be weird. Yeah. That'll we'll see weird. how it goes, but I'm gonna do the whole thing on um the critical race theory debate. Ooh. Ooh. But I'm gonna give them like, you know, some some good readings out there and just let them find their way through it. Like each thing we read, my first question is gonna be like, what do we need to know more about <clears throat> before you can truly find your way through these arguments? Right. Right. And kind of go from there. It's not gonna be me going in and saying, like, so here's why I think critical race theory is valuable and why these bands on it are wrong. Right. So, you've never been that you've never been that kind of guy. No, that just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. yeah. And I mean, by the end of the semester, certainly I can share my take on it. Of but, course. Yeah. Of course. But, but you, no, I don't go in and say, like, here's where I stand on things, and by no. the end of these 14 weeks, you're gonna feel the same as me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely. I mean, I think, um, yeah, just, just, you know, what I, what I admire, um, in you as an educator and in other educators that I admire is, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, one of the main purposes of an educator is definitely to foster critical thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. And, you know, it's, you know, we're in a world where, um, People's opinions. Um, how can I? How, what am I trying to say here? People find that because we're so encouraged to give our opinions, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, right? Like there's again, like on the last episode, we talked about kind of the music stuff and the art, and so we there's you know multi billion dollar operations that are ran on you know encouraging us to give our opinion on sure. every damn thing. And um, that gets mistaken as opinions being necessary. True. And so there, you know, there's a lot of institutions, journalism being the first one that comes to my mind, where uh, the opinion has been like infused into the institution so much so now that we don't, actually get journalism we get oh, yeah. like 
hours upon hours of op-ed. You know what I mean? Like, sure. <laughs> like it's like they start the news. You know what I think? Wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. And, you know, that, that pundit is on a round table with, say, two experts and two yeah. pundits, and they yeah. all have equal weight. You know, yeah. somebody who's spent decades studying, say, pandemics and vaccines. Right. He's <laughs> right. put head to head with somebody who has, like, Just a, a four-year communications Who graduated degree. from Syracuse. Right, yeah. right. That's my <laughs> – what's your credential? Well, I – graduated yeah. from Syracuse. So. I host a show. What do you <laughs> mean what's my credential? Show. So I believe that, wait a minute, mm. now, why did you even call this guy up here to tell him he's yeah. wrong based on what you feel? Yeah, like in education, you know, and teaching college writing, around the time I was going to grad school, there was a big shift from the way college professors used to assign writing is they didn't give a fuck what you thought. Right. They didn't want to hear about your opinion. You know? Right. I want you to lay out the facts of the arguments and I want all your information to come from somebody else who's out there published. Your right. opinion isn't valuable here. We don't want to hear it. Right. And then, you know, at the time I was kind of being trained to teach writing as a, as a grad student, it was really shifting to where we were teaching students to like, you know, find an educated opinion, you know, how to formulate that, how to provide evidence, how to find quality sources. And I think that was a noble goal. Mm. But at this point, and it's certainly not the fault of university teaching, but you're kind of expected, like you said, to have an opinion on everything. Right. Right. You know, if somebody says, hey, what about this topic? You're supposed to be able to say, well, here's where I fucking stand on it. You know, and I won't be backing down from it. Right. 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 What, what, um, do they still exist? And if so, um, how can that be amplified? The good old days where like you had to argue like the opposing opinion, like, you know what I mean? Like uh, take something that you up, yeah. don't, that you don't agree with and mm. like figure out an argument for that. And I think that somewhere that needs to be implemented so that folks can actually do research on the yeah. opposite, you know, opinion of theirs or opposite because it's not a it's not even opinions now we're going on. Because even no. an opinion, you know, you would think should be fact based, right? This is just yeah. all feelings, all how I feel about some shit. I feel sure. this way about it. I feel this way about it. And it's like no one cares. <laughs> does because everyone's all about their feelings on something. Yeah, there's a good Kurt Vonnegut section of his novel Breakfast of Champions where he says that um, it's kind of through the guise of this sci-fi writer, Kilgore Trout, who's writing about you know aliens and how things work on different planets. But, but Vonnegut says that ideas on Earth were badges of friendship or enmity. Mm. You, know, you basically go outside in the morning and you look for people who, who broadcast ideas that fit with yours. And those are yeah. your friends, right? And yeah. people who, whose ideas don't match yours. Those are your enemies. Those are your enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah. walking out with a t-shirt that says, you know, make America great again. Um, you're broadcasting like, here's how I think about shit. Yeah. You want to hang out with me? Here's who I am. And there's so many, um, there's so many of those, what are those tropes? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many like trigger words. Everyone's triggered by something and something, yeah. um, yeah, something like a make America great again shirt or hat mm. tells me everything I need to know about you. That's, you know, that again, mm -hmm. not me. This is how people think. I realize talking I in hypotheticals. There you I realize go. I have to do more of that moving <laughs> forward, right? Because I think, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those pronouns, I guess, don't like translate through a podcast. I make the same error. Like I'll say, you know, I or you when I yeah. don't mean myself and I don't mean Dave Shanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll make a note of that yeah. moving forward. But um, and I also do that because I don't ever want. I'm not singling out anybody, right? Like these are mm. ills that like we suffer as a society. So if I say like I, me, we, you, I don't ever want to be like those, the people, like those people do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you idiots do that. So I say, you know, we tend to 
Sure. You know what I mean? So that it's like, hey, look, I'm not above any of this fuckery like you know what i mean um you're part of the community right correct 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 but no i am not someone who looks at one thing from someone and says that that tells me everything i need to know about them that's not me but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is a large part of our society operates in that manner right and so absolutely we have these you know and it started happening um i mean it's definitely a trump era thing right like it started happening where it's like your lifelong friend on Facebook, you know what I mean, puts a post up or likes something or mm-hmm. reposts something or, and it becomes like, oh, I didn't know you were one of them. Yeah. And, and you an feel argument, like a sense of loss almost, yeah, and right? An argument ensues, right? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you go down that rabbit hole with them and you're like, I challenge you and, and now you're going back and forth and now it's like you've lost a friend. Yeah. And it gets really tricky. Like if I see like a relative or an old friend who's still living in central Kentucky. Pause. Sorry. Is everyone in, on your side okay? There's like some tornadoes. Oh, yeah, the storms. Some, the storms. Yeah, yeah everybody's yeah. good. Um, okay. Yeah. And it was like wipe out like an entire, like it's just wiping shit out. Definitely. Yeah, it was a little west of where my family and friends are for the most okay. part. Was, yeah, Mayfield, Kentucky, yeah, Mayfield, kind of Kentucky. Bowling Green area. You okay, know, that's like an hour's is. drive from where I got family. Okay, okay. You know, I know nothing about Kentucky, so. Hey, you know, it's a small <laughs> state, but a lot of towns in it. Yeah. All right, sorry. But yeah, like, a, no, that's cool. Um, yeah. You know, shout out to uh, Kentucky in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, guys, you know, prayers, man. Yeah, yeah I sure. mean, the tornadoes were pretty devastating. Yeah, it looked and like- it looked Unexpected. Like and fast, right? It just came yeah. through and just wrecked shop. And, and it, just hammered, like yeah. hung out there on the ground for a little while. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Ain't that something. It really is, man. I saw Rex Chapman has a, uh, you know, he's a West Kentucky boy himself. Okay, so yeah. He put up a big the fund. Great, the great Rex Chapman. The great Rex Chapman. Yeah, who, you know, yeah. I I used to watch play basketball at University of Kentucky when I was in like yeah, fifth that, and sixth grade. Hell of a vertical leap. He was, oh, he was yeah. a jumping ass white boy. Yes, he was. He was, yes. <laughs> Held his own with Jordan. Yeah, he had some duels, man. Yeah, one. I think he won a dunk contest. Won one of the NBA dunk I contests. Believe I believe he is a dunk champion. Yeah. Yes, he could hoop, man. And yeah. now is you know I like him just as much on Twitter. You know, oh, yeah. I did his basketball. I, I, days, yeah. I, I never I haven't tapped into him on Twitter. I have to. Yeah, he's smart, yeah, funny. You know, always you know trying to raise money for something like tornado victims. Very um, cool. Very yeah, cool. and you know, now we're talking about Rex Chapman. You know, a few years ago, he asked them to take down his jersey hmm. in Freedom Hall because, you know, they were hosting like, you know, gun shows and they had <laughs> Confederate flags displayed. And he was yes. just like, look, all, man, you, all the stuff. Please take me down if you're going to have this other shit. Right, right. Allyship. Allyship. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a good role model for that. Right. For sure. There you go. But back to to Facebook okay. and seeing folks who I, I used to know or I'm related to in Kentucky. The the red line for me has been racist statements, mm. broadly defined. Right. Um, if anything makes me say, "Wow, man, I didn't know she was this person," it's saying something racist on mm. Facebook. Right. Right. In right. a very broadly defined, expansive sense of a racist statement. Mm. Um, for example. Ooh, for example. <laughs> Jeez. Say something racist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking about even implying that, that Mike Brown... Had it coming. Had it coming, right? <laughs> That if you would just obey the law... Yeah. None of this stuff would happen. It had nothing to do with being black. Yeah. yeah. That will lead me to say, you know what? Fuck this. Black, unfollow. Yeah. You know, I knew you 25 years ago. I don't need to know what you think about shit anymore. Today. Anymore. Yeah. 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 It's unfortunate that um, on either side, right? I don't want to be the mm. on either side guy. But... Well, and that goes into the, what we're talking about in terms of the the allegiances and the alliances based on you know whatever whatever the mm-hmm. card 
that you're carrying at that particular time. And so, you know, I'm on the side of the cops, right? Mm, Yeah. And so every single instance that you point out that a cop may have done something wrong, I am going to defend said cop Mm -hmm. and show you why the victim was actually the perpetrator or whatever the case may be, right? Got it. The antagonist, whatever. And like, you don't know any of these people. Cops are always right to them. But you've decided, Mm. I do not like or appreciate. In fact, you don't even know any cops, really. Sure. Right? Maybe. Maybe a cousin's a cop. Maybe. Or maybe just, hey, I don't think it's right that they're targeting cops in your mind, right? Yeah. And so you remove all context, all nuance, any, it's just cops are right. Yeah. How do people live like that? Like, like (laughs) how do, and so we're talking about, um, this year, the last two years, the last three years, the last four years, like, you know what I mean? This recent phenomenon, you know, kind of what this um, podcast, we were kind of birthed in this, you know, struggle, birthed in the struggle, you know what I mean? Of like, sure. like this climate of like, just people who are just comfortable, as my mom used to say, being wrong and strong, like... <laughs> Why wrong and strong? I like that. Yeah, like why have you built up so much like about shit that you don't? So you know we, yeah, it, you know it's police, then it's you know it's the stupid election, it's now it's critical race theory, and you mm. know what I mean. It was Obamacare before that. It's just like there's all of these. Things, right? We talked about triggers and tr- trigger words. Trigger. I, I feel this way. And I don't care what the actual scenario is. Mm. I've already arrived at the conclusion that the cop is right. Mm-hmm. And it's getting dangerous, right? Like you see now, they're starting to parade this Kyle Rittenhouse kid around. Like they're going to destroy this kid's life. Sure, sure. For what? Yeah, in in the name of protecting and uplifting him. Whatever right? he, whatever it is, right? Yeah. The kid needs help. Absolutely. Just by virtue of seventeen-year-old with an assault rifle driving the like mother dropping him off, like all of that. He needs help. Right. And so now you're going to make a spectacle of this kid and trying to make him the poster boy for whatever the hell. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's sad, man. It really is. And it's hard to wrap your head around supporting people that you think need support or that you see need support, whether you've ever met them in person or not. And then feeling some kind of allegiance to people that you have met in person, you know, people you grew up with, people you used to hang out with, maybe now you just encounter them on social media, but you feel some kind of a kinship just, you know, by virtue of having spoken to them in person at some point. Right. 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 And then, I mean, I've, I've had kind of a, I don't know, I, on the other side of it, You know, I've been accused of being the guy who always takes the side of a black victim of police brutality, right? Right, Oh, you don't even know the situation. You're just always going to believe anything they say, right? Right. I've even had people say like, well, why do you care? You're not black. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. In In a world, because when you juxtapose that with like, those same people probably being the the like it's just America like it, like we're Americans like why does it mm-hmm. always have to be about 
this or that. Like, why can't it just be like it's America? Shit. And it's like, well, it can't be America if you're then telling me that why do I care because I'm not black. Like, so mm. it can't, both can't exist, right? And you know, I'm the both can't exist guy. Like, I don't Shit. understand how people think two, these two things can exist. Like, how can you feel like it's too much of that shit, yeah. too much of that talk, right? This is America. Yeah. We're all There's American. There's gotta be law and order, right? Right. And then at the same token, it's like, that's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, why should you even care? Why does it yeah. affect you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, we could certainly, I, I think in a way, maybe you were saying the similar thing to somebody who's always on the side of the cops, but doesn't even know any cops, isn't a cop themselves, right? But they're just always like, well, the cop is right. If he said it, I'm sure it's true. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want you to, I don't want anyone to never be on the side of the cop either, right? Yeah. And I don't want, like, you know, sometimes the police will have to shoot someone. It's just, it's sometimes that's going to happen. Right. So I don't know that every time the police have shot someone, it was because X, Y, Z, fear, hatred, racism, but we don't, we don't know that we can't say that. Right. But some of this shit, yeah, man. <laughs> it just becomes obvious, right? Like, there's no, sure. there's just no justification for some of these killings. And it's a very recent development for as people. As far as us being able to see them, too. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Be able to see them and people to say, well, you know what? Now that I actually see the, the footage, I don't know if I can always say cops are right every time or that they never and lie. And that's all that's happening. Because yeah. before- it was no doubt in the majority of the country's mind, right? Sure. That like, hey, look, he he had it coming. You know what I mean? Like we victim, like we not victimized. We um, we portray specifically young black men mm. a certain way in our media. We always have, right? Sure. And that has built up a certain insensitivity to that struggle or our struggle me as a black man once young not so young anymore um so yeah we get that but to carry that into a a, a time and period where we're watching it happen we're watching people running mm-hmm. and getting shot in the back yeah and I think it rocks some people to their foundation. I mean, if of you, you grew up, whether you had cops in your family or not, you believe that the cops were the good guys. You believe that, you know, institutions and the people in charge of them in America had everyone's best interests in mind. And then you, you see footage to the contrary. It makes you angry. Right. Right. But it, it sometimes can make you angry at the wrong people. It makes you want to shoot the messenger. Like, you know, well, I, I don't care. You know, I want to know what was going on before the video started. You right. Know, I want to, I want to look into this guy and see if he smokes weed. Right. You know, I want to go right. and see, well, what was he doing the day before he was shot by police? You know, right. surely there's got to be more to it. Well, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a saint. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, he wasn't a saint. And mm. that means what? Yeah, it's like you're trying to justify it, right? You're trying yeah. to say like, you know, this just doesn't, what I just saw on video doesn't fit with the way I've always viewed the world. Yeah. So I've got to find some way to make it fit that view. Yeah. And, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the key there, the world view. Yeah. And no one, none of our institutions, right, government, um, education, um, any of our institutions, um, healthcare, (laughs) whatever, like Mm -hmm. no one is going about really the business of really getting down to the bottom of why there are such polarizing worldviews in our country and like, what is the source of that and how do we get past that and every problem that they're trying to solve 
or many of the problems that they're trying to solve, right, mm. trickle down into this space where it's like, Daryl, there's two Americas, right? There may be three or four at this point, but how, why, you know what I mean? When we talk about this critical race theory shit, these are all things that are that have come up to try and answer these questions. Sure. And they're met with such resistance. They're met from resistance from people who could benefit from such exploration. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> um, it's just, it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird time, man. It's a weird time. What we, you know, what we hold on to, you know what I mean? Like I, when you think about, I was talking to a, um, one of my childhood friends the other day and we were talking about like, um, you know, mentoring, um, like younger artists and stuff. And he was saying like, you have so much to offer. Um, I'm like, you need to, you know what I mean? He's like, now some of these kids, you know, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to listen to you. And we were just talking about like our childhood and like, I'm, I was a smart kid. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I was a little guy and I was smart. You know what I mean? I, you know, we know we went to high school at 12, the whole bit. Definitely. Right? So I was, I am not a street dude. I'm, I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm a good kid. Um, I was a hip hop kid. You know what I mean? I was into all of that. I would go outside. I wasn't scary by no means. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was outside, but I'm not a street dude. But, when you take when you take into context and you say like this kid carried weapons on him from 12 years old onward maybe 11 years old onwards i started carrying a weapon okay you would say what extreme circumstances would have this 12 year old having to have a knife on him every day. Sure. Right. Never graduated to the guns. Cause again, I wasn't, I wasn't in, in it like that. And I never, I never got into guns. Friends carried guns, but I did carry my knife or a hammer or some type of weapon that I could use in the event that, and that was just the, uh, that was just survival. It was an environment mm. thing. It was like, you're more than likely going to have to face multiple people trying to take something from you. You're okay. going to have to arm yourself with some type of thing that'll at least back these folks off, right? And my thing was always just like defense. Like, I'm going to pull my knife out and I hope you back off. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to use it. And so that, you know, that's so foreign for someone else. Absolutely. Now, just that kid carried a weapon on him. That could conjure up all kinds of thoughts, fears, assumptions about who that kid is. Right? Until... Sure you then get into the story or did, or until someone says, you know, that's David. And you're like, Shanks? <laughs> you're like, yeah. Like, why? He's not a violent guy by any means. And it's just little things like that, right? So if I, you know, in my head, you know, fuck the police, fuck 12, fuck Popo, fuck them. Right? That's in my head from a kid. Fuck the police. We don't fuck with police. Of course. And it's like, how? Why? How? And I have friends who are law enforcement. God bless them. And you know what I mean? I love my friends. But I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't, fuck the cops. 
that's just, it's innate. So it would have taken something drastically horrific for you to call the cops when you were a teenager, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be just like unfathomable. We don't want the cops involved. No. I don't want the cops involved. Say somebody right? steals your backpack, you're not going to think, well, I'm going to tell the cops. No, no, okay. no. Yeah. I take it even further. Yeah. And I don't speak for women, but I've heard women speak. Sure. There are instances where there's domestic violence involved, things of that nature. And a black woman will still be hesitant to call law enforcement on their boyfriend or because it's like, I don't want that for them. Sure. That was, uh, I mean, Megan the Stallion is probably one of the most visible examples recently, right? She said that. Yeah. Think about that. I'd rather take this literally on the chin. Yeah. Because I don't want cops being involved mm. because I don't know where that's going to go. What, then what purpose do they even serve? So I say all that to say, these are things that are embedded in the, the brightest of us, the, 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 the most well-behaved, well-meaning, intelligent, law-abiding citizens from my environment still have these things as normal just every day, hey, nah, yeah. I don't fuck with the cops. Sure. <laughs> so, no, and no one's engaging the same way on the other side. Mm. You got kids who just, I don't go to that side of town. I don't trust that sure. side of town. If I'm in that side of town, I'm alert. And then they become cops. <laughs> and then they're put in these places where they have these inherent fears. Yeah. And so, like, what's supposed to happen? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. no one's giving this any thought, any time, any, like, like, we're just waiting for some shit to happen. And then we, everyone's, you know, doing a press conference, sure. talking shit about solve this and solve that and this law and this thing and this thing. And it's like, it's it it just becomes very insincere and you know what i mean it's to a point now where these kids they see through all of our bullshit like you know what i mean like we've mm. been doing this for years you know even like the elections and the, the the politics and you know these kids are not interested because it's bullshit <laughs> And mm. generation after generation, or the last few generations, because, you know, the 60s was a different phenomenon, right? But, you know, I guess we're in our 40s. So, like, our era, you know, nine, late 80s, 90s, two, like, I guess we took our foot off the gas in some sort of way. So you think there's, like, a learned hopelessness almost? Like, you're not going to change anything, so you just kind of sit back and look out for yourself, stay out of it? Is that where we've gotten to? On the one end, yes. And then I think there's an undercurrent of we've got to topple this whole shit, yeah. right? So you've got kids standing on that stand are like this whole shit's gotta implode yeah and hmm. we just don't know what to do how to do it you know what i mean we're not the best students of history because no one taught it to us so no. you know what i mean like uh, you know a lot of our listeners some of these you know younger folks and you know some of their you know they have like the t-shirt saying like i'm not my grandmother and you know what i mean like we're not our ancestors and sure. they have this perception that our ancestors didn't do anything hmm, just, okay like let shit happen you know what i'm saying yeah. and slavery was a choice well you know that's extreme <laughs> we won't but, go back to kanye that's extreme but you know like they don't know sort of the advances that were attempted sure. they may know the results 
and they know who has been propped up as the leaders of what we ended up with, right? Mm -hmm. So then, you know, and not even in the right way. So even, you know, when you hear folks say like, I ain't Martin, and it's like, well, you don't really know Martin Luther King. You know I have a dream. Sure. So that's all that schools will give you. Correct. So you look at that as a docile kind of, you know, um, they tell you Malcolm X was a guy who hated white people. And then he went to Mecca and learned better. And then he got killed. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right. And so no one's teaching these kids. Like we understand, we hear you, you make sense. Now, like, here's how we could go about what it is that you're looking for. So then, yeah, it it, it creates this kind of like, well, I'm not even going to engage. I'm just going to try to find a way to get get some money. Now, they're getting paid. They're getting money. Right? Yeah. And they're using the music and they're using whatever the arts and whatever they're doing. They're getting money. So it's like, I'm getting money and, you know. To hell with all that other stuff. It's just mm, let's just yeah. get money. And so money is gonna save you. But that's that's part of the right? That's mm. that's that's the American dream. Yeah. You just get rich, everything will go away. Everything will get better. Just get and, rich. And you stop caring about the issues that don't affect you, that just affect the poor people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then then that that's where we get the little wings, right? Like Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) I do fear that it's headed that direction. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, as promising as some of the protest movements looked for a couple years, I think history shows us that it's gonna, you know, wax and wane and it's gonna be headed this different direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to keep that up. It's hard to keep that up with no Oh, for sure. No solutions, no You got, you know what I mean? You got these 82-year-old Congress people who just won't <laughs> usher yeah. in any type of they don't have any they're not mentoring anyone. They don't they don't have anyone Yeah. in line to take their seat. It's just I'm going to do this till I die. I'm going to keep getting reelected. I have no insight into the future. I don't care. And then <laughs> really, once once care. I'm gone, you'll see how valuable I was cuz I'm irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. and then cuz I didn't bother to train anyone else to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and they're mine and it's just, you know, and that it's just, you know, I don't want to paint because we're supposed to be doing a year in review, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're doing that. Paint, I don't want to paint a gloomy, but well, we've done a good job of that already. I just fear that we're going to have to go through some shit in order to, because I don't, certain things that I would be looking for to say like, and there's hope, and maybe we should close trying to find some hope. But um, there are certain things that I'm like, we should be understanding this by now. Like, we should kind of get this by now. Um, I don't see it. And that's the scary thing. That's the scary thing. And I think that, you know, what we're going through, in other words, like, Take education, for example, right? Take schools, for an example. Yeah. In-person stop. We went virtual. That showed us kind of the um, the technology gap mm-hmm. between um, different households, kids who don't have access to internet. Um, just, you know, the pandemic showed us gaps in health coverage, folks not being able to get medicine, folks not being able to, you know, take care of themselves. Who was dying from COVID? 
you know, so many things that kind of put a spotlight on the disparities in our country. Definitely. What are we doing? Little hmm. to nothing, right? Yeah. Stimulus checks and sure. and and foolishness, right? So no one, so no one cares, right? <laughs> yeah, no one's yeah. trying to help it. Okay, cool. So I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, I don't, I'm one of the fortunate, right? Like Voss had everything he needed to go. Sure to school and then you know he's in private school now and you know so we're we're among the the fortunate but now you know these parents are like they have to re-enroll their kids so whatever the case may be back into these schools right they, they there's confusion but it has been confusion over whether they're in person, out of person, hybrid. Like no one knows what's going on. They're fighting on this end, they're fighting on that end. Um, they're fighting about what the kids are gonna learn. Like, you know, and I, you know, my mind works. I'm like, well, yo, pull all the damn kids out of school. Everybody, just pull them all out. Yeah. Okay, you have no kids now. What you gonna do? You gonna fix it? Yeah. Because no one's getting paid. So like a massive student strike nationwide. Yeah. The students are the only ones who don't strike. Yeah. (laughs) And they have so many reasons to. And they're the ones who should be striking. Their schools are shit. The buildings are shit. Can't even keep them safe. The food is shit. Yeah. Can't keep them safe. Teachers are, you know, I've read stats in Philadelphia about like teacher attendance. Like they're not even coming to school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the teachers aren't supported. You know, they don't have the resources to be able to do their jobs. A lot of times they don't have enough control over the curriculum to where they can teach the actual truth or teach updated materials. They're boxed in. Mm-hmm. It's hard to blame them. Mm-hmm. But just like we said about Spotify in the last episode, someone's making money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is not a free enterprise, not a nonprofit. <laughs> Somebody's making money. There's checks being cut to school districts all across this country. Where does it go? Why are we fighting about just monuments and statues and feelings and like, yo, our our kids are. Getting a shit end of the deal. And I we I said I would I could watch the news the this entire week and not see one story like what we just described. They won't even talk about it. Yeah, and I mean, even when there's a horrific school shooting like there was outside Detroit last week, I mean, so much of the coverage goes straight to the availability of guns. And that's not the whole issue. They're just not looking at the environment of schools. And there's got to be more wrong than just the fact that some kids have guns at home. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's... It's there's not, kids. There's kids all over the country with guns in their home. It sure. doesn't make them want to shoot anything. Yeah, and going way back, kids had guns in their homes. You there's, know, there's kids who know where the gun is, where the lock is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their parents have taught them how to unload, sure. reload, do the. They don't feel the urge to shoot anything. Yeah, I mean, kids regularly brought guns to my high school. <laughs> Remember it all the time. It was never a big deal. Like we found a gun in this kid's locker. You know, he'll be out for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be right back. We found a yeah. gun in this kid's car in the parking lot. Yeah, constantly. Brooklyn Tech didn't have metal detectors, but that was one of the, you know, they were definitely already implementing metal detectors in schools. Yeah, you know, before I got out. But you know, and kids, kids weren't shooting up schools in the hood. Yeah. Might get shot a couple blocks from the school or something like that. But <laughs> no one was running in the school shooting up. Anything. Yeah, I mean, and everyone had like, guns. And what are kids getting out of school? 
you know, what, what does it actually give them in the end? Are we confident that they're getting that much of an education? Especially when, you know, a loud group of parents can go in and bully an entire school board into striking whatever they want from their curriculum. Right. I don't want you teaching Toni Morrison novels. Okay, right. we won't teach him. You guys scared us enough that we'll just say no more Toni Morrison. It's all a show. So yeah. what, are, what are we replacing that with? Are you happy and comfortable with the education that your child is getting? Is it just when, is it like, is the only issue when, you know, and I don't, I'm not like I facts are facts right and i just look at things and i go one plus one equals two i'm not big like conspiracy thing as whatever you know what i mean but that's the stuff that makes me think like okay who planted these ki- these parents in this oh, <laughs> because it's sure. like that's your problem yeah that you're in you know some place in virginia some little town that's being like decimated by opioids or something mm-hmm. like and sure. like what gets you out of your bed is tony morrison hey man that's that, what you can't stand like that's 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 where it goes like oh well no look <laughs> when it's pitched as like indoctrinating <laughs> your kids against you you know and step one to replacing you oh, i mean man. that's that's how they get people to show up and throw a fit at these school board meetings. I mean, I, I'll guarantee you if we looked into the histories of some of these parents on video at the school board and PTA meetings, they've probably never been to one before in their lives. Of course not. You know, they weren't there to talk about the quality of school lunches. They weren't there to talk about teacher absenteeism. They've no. just gotten riled up over this issue that's not even being depicted correctly. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a shame. Because I, you know what I mean? Like I look at, I look at these other, I look at other countries, you know, I look at like, you know, the Middle East and, you know, Eastern Europe and um, some of these countries where, you know, citizens have really like taken to the streets, right? Yeah. Even you see what's going on in like, I think it's, is it like Austria and, you know, yeah. where they, the, you know, the, the COVID mandates, the, I mean, the vaccine mandates, these people are taken to the streets like and even like when we so-called take to the streets it still feels like performative and set up and like it's not really we're not really in a revolution here are we like we're just someone's doing something that's self-serving something and somehow like they're they're people in the streets being pawned it feels like a setup yeah, it always feels like misguided and like yeah. someone here is benefiting somehow or leveraging something and they're using innocent people to, yeah. and it may be that way in the other countries too. You know, obviously I'm not, we're not there, but sure. I just, I don't know what really gets our citizens to really like get up, to really like, push our government to do something like i don't know what it, what 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 it's gonna take like we would much prefer turn on each other than turn on like the players who really like are giving us the shaft that's the design <laughs> man it's yeah. it's it's and written it's, into these founding documents and i i i you know that's what's kind of that's what really like because you would think as much information is available and as much as like, we're not rocket scientists here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just two guys who do a podcast. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be that. We should all be pissed the fuck off. And, you know, aiming our anger towards the obvious you know, mechanisms and in, in, in people who prefer us to be doing what we're doing now, which is, mm. you know what I mean? Like implode and fight each other. Yeah, I just feel like we don't even know where to start. We don't even know where to start. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, getting back to the information. 
Sure. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we don't dress this up, you know, getting back to us, me and you, our podcast and podcasts like us. We don't dress it up, especially me, with a whole bunch of dates and, you know, statistics and facts and this happened and that. So it doesn't come across like it's the news or like it's information from a credentialed source. I get it. A lot of this is common sense talk and just kind of like critical thinking. But, you know, I hope that over the last, um, I mean, I guess almost two years now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the information that we've given and the, 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 the conversations we have had have had some type of impact on um, anyone who took the time to listen to us. You know, just um, if anyone came into one of our episodes thinking one thing or feeling one way and maybe seeing a different way to look at it, then I feel like we're doing our job. Yeah, or even said, like, I need to read more about this. Yeah, and that that that's the main part of it, especially because you're not going to get the whole, you know, this is not Encyclopedia Britannica hour. Like, we're yeah. not giving, you're going to have to research these things on your own. But if we just sparked enough um, intrigue, curiosity for you to do a deeper dive, then I think I can speak for my partner and saying that that's kind of what we do this for. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think so. We know we can't solve this on our own, although we've tried to solve racism many times. I thought we had um, it for a minute there. We, but, uh, I, we, we had a good, we had a good yeah. run where it looked like we had got it yeah. under control, but no. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and I, I, you know, just wrapping it up, because, you know, we're at, you know, we completely crapped on the year review. But hey. um, just in wrapping up another year, I think that, um, you know, it's just needed to be said that, you know, we we are, we started here just kind of kicking it, doing like a hip hop podcast that we knew was going to be, you know, about more than hip hop because, you know, we're we're about more than hip hop. And also we, um, we use hip hop to view, you know, the world we're looking at the world through a hip hop lens. Right. Um, but really it's about two guys from quote unquote, different walks of life, just trying to like navigate this shit. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And give our insights on, you know, the world, on society. And like I said, hopefully there's folks that I know that you brought along. Um, There's folks I know that I brought along into this community of listeners. And here's hoping that some of the folks on your side, able to hear me and say you know what never thought of it like that charm has a point yeah man let's hope so and let's hope it happens on the other side hey you know what that mickey guy i never thought of it like that i never saw it from that perspective that makes sense um and that's what we'll continue to show up to do in 2022 and however long it sounds weird to say 2022 2022 <laughs> forever you know however long we have this platform man but um you know again i thanked you on the last podcast but uh thank you guys again and um thanks to um brother anthony for hanging in with us man and making this happen putting this together making us sound decent we have one of the best sounding podcasts i listen to a lot of podcasts let me tell you we have one of the best sounding podcasts we sound great so i agree man we sound good thank our producer for that um man before we get out of here um one thing you're looking forward to 
going into the new year besides getting back into class, I guess. Oh, one thing I'm looking forward to? Yeah. Jeez, seeing family again. Mm. 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 Very cool. How about you? Um, The same, but I won't steal yours. I'm going to go back <laughs> to what I said at the, at the top of the uh you know, of the episode, settling in. Yeah, there you go. You know, planting some roots, getting grounded a little bit. At least figuring out what that looks like. <laughs> I think you're well on the way. Yeah, yeah, it looks so. It looks so. It looks so. I hope so. <laughs> well, that that was better than a year-end review, right? There. I, I think, think we, so. We sort I of encapsulated think. a year of what we've been dealing with and yeah. figured out where to take it next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, happy graduation to Megan the Stallion, I'll say before we get out of here. Oh, yeah, happy congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Happy congratulations. Congratulations on the graduation. Fair Texas enough, Southern man. University. No TSU. Love to see somebody finish it out while at the top of the music industry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Still finish that degree is amazing. It's good Very for everybody cool. to see. Good for her. For sure. For sure. Multitasking at its finest. Absolutely. And in a pandemic. And in a pandemic. Man. Well, I think that'll do us for this episode. I mean, I think, I think we, so. I think we said what we needed to say on this one. Really put a lot into perspective. And yeah. hopefully we can we can keep coming back and doing it. Yep. We'll um, you know, we'll work on solutions this year. Yeah, but until next time, I am one of your co-hosts, Mickey Hess. I am David Tromdig Shanks. This is a guest in the house podcast. Peace and love. See you next time. And my pop's 70 and he's all alone and I'm dreading that that could be me. Dreading that that could be me.